Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Good morning. It's good to see all of your loving faces. If you have your Bible, be turning to Acts chapter 15. And what we are looking at now is we are back in Antioch, and uh, it is rocking and rolling with a lot of things going on here. And so, so we got a, a little timeline that we need to kind of just um, talk about now. This one of these is from Blue Letter, and I'm going to challenge some of this a little bit. Uh, for their timeline, but just so you kind of have things in your head, because it's an important timeline of what we're looking at. And then this is from the, uh, where it says chapter 15, dissension about circumcision. It's from the uh, companion Bible. Those are obviously just some resources that I have, but it does help you to keep things straight and why this is kind of an important uh, chapter. And so this will be another launch into a missionary journey but the thing is, is there is something that has to be dealt with beforehand. And this is this issue, this dissension that's coming about uh, for circumcision and the need to be circumcised in order to be saved. And so like in our today's world, we could say, oh, well, that's not a big deal for us. But we kind of have a growing population of people that are being um, led astray doctrinally by things that are tied to the law and this idea as if they're reaching these new heights of spirituality as a result of tying themselves to things of the law. You listen, that's been settled in Jesus. Like in its most simplest form, that's been settled, but there are people who are really wrestling right now in our society with trying to I eat unclean or I don't eat unclean and just those types of things that are just coming up. And man, it's problematic. Like it's really, really ugly. And so if we just go through this a little bit, there's going to have to be a visit from Paul and Barnabas to go back to Jerusalem. Uh, I like something that is just decent about the Lord and in order, obviously, is that even though the focus has shifted to Antioch, Jerusalem is still an important place. They're still leaders. He's not ignoring those leaders that are there, the church that is there. Why? Well, because one, they need to be clarified on these issues that are taking place. But then two, the, he established that leadership that is there. Okay. And so that's not, that's not something that God wants to just make light of. There is a point where they will return back to Antioch after this kind of conference that's going to take place. We'll go into that in more detail later, not today, but uh, we'll talk about that. And then the classic, we know those of us that have had some time in the word over the years, we know the contention that takes place between Paul and Barnabas over adding John Mark back to the missionary team. This is so big that those two powerful guys split up. Huge. We got to talk about that. I don't think it's something I kind of remember this message that Trotter did years ago concerning that. I think it was at one of our uh, family camps and just the idea that really, really that we have to protect unity. And I think a little bit as Christians, we get lazy because maybe we think, oh, well, we both, you know, we know Jesus Christ and we both have the Holy Spirit and we're both even going to the same church and that that's just automatic unity will come into play. No, 
<laughs> Man, you got to fight for it. And some things maybe just need to be set, put to bed. And so we'll look at that in the weeks to come. And then you see Paul and Silas, they end up uh, separating and going through Syria and, and uh, Cilicia, strengthening the churches. And you're like, well, didn't they just come from? Yeah, because <laughs> once ain't enough. You got to put people in remembrance. Remember, these are Gentiles that have no idea what anything of faith is like. They're going to, the, the idea to try to blend paganism into Christianity absolutely would be a challenge. And so it's something that they got to keep constantly just making sure, you know, this is lesson five in discipleship or whatever, you know, kind of thing, like the way you think about, uh, think about that. So now I kind of like how, just how they put it in the companion Bible, this dissension about circumcision. And this is kind of like one of these things um, that's in a kind of on a deeper level in terms of Bible study about introversion. And so like, if you were looking at it, it would make an arrow. The first two things that would kind of jump out at you is in Antioch, you have these Judaizers. And so then at the bottom in Antioch, you see there's progress. And so something has to take place in order for us to move from the Judaizers to now we're going to have progress. Something good is going to take place. There's an appeal to Jerusalem. You see that. And then you see Later, there's an answer from Jerusalem. So when you look at these things, they go like this from the top and the bottom, next set in, next set in. And that's why they kind of make an arrow. So it kind of just helps you when you're looking at how to study. You're like, oh, okay, I get that. And so then there's a counsel from Peter. He's going to make a statement, kind of a public address. Then Paul and Barnabas will just basically state the thing that we study, which is chapter 14. They will mention that in Jerusalem because, well, those guys don't know that. Now, remember, they've already had Tuesday night prayer in Antioch, but not in Jerusalem. So they got to have it there in order to just constantly remind them like, hey, this is what take, was, was taking place. They've had some, I'm sure, some report here and there, but now you got the guys that were on the field, boots on the ground guys, just saying back, hey, this is what was happening. And you know what else would be important? They would also be telling about how the Jews acted, how their treatment was, what difficulties came up. And so now how there is this huge shift going to the Gentiles, be important in Jerusalem, obviously. And then you see that council of James, James being the pastor of the church in uh, Jerusalem, and so he's going to speak out. But the things that he says is different than, than Peter. When Peter mentions his testimony, he's talking about the things that took place with Cornelius. And then remember, he goes to Jerusalem and says, hey, this is what happened with that situation. So that's kind of what he's saying. But then, well, James is going to touch on some other things. In order to help understand just the idea that the tabernacle will be rebuilt, and I love that the Lord is like putting that still fresh on our minds. And Paul, even to some degree, will kind of make the mention that Israel is not, it's not over with for Israel. I mean, constantly we have to just remind believers of that because a little bit, especially in just like I was saying earlier last week, the isolation of the United States is that if, it's like, this is the only world that we really know. And so geographically, you don't, you only really know where Texas, Oklahoma and Arkansas is outside of that. 
you don't have any clue, right? And so that's just kind of how we think about our faith. Well, only we have faith and then everybody else. And so Gentiles that have moved into the house of God, it's a challenge to not forget Israel and to be encouraged by the fact that God's not done there. And so he's going to kind of just touch on that just a little bit. And so, like I said, in the weeks to come. So that's just kind of like a basic timeline of what's happening, outline of what's happening. I would say a good companion to look at in addition to this chapter is going to be Galatians chapter two, of which we will kind of just touch on here and there. So that way we can just get the full scope, some more detail, because it's important for us to look at this. Now, before we, uh, before we get started, we got to pray. Man, I was about to jump into it. It's old school. I used to do that when I was a rookie. <laughs> Let's pray and then we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much again for today. Lord, just thank you for, man, it's just so good to see uh, your people here. And uh, despite all of the different challenges that we've had all week, Lord, we are here ready to hear your word. And so, Father, Lord, we don't want to just take an academic view of what is taking place here. Lord, this matters and this will provoke us unto good works. And so, Father, I just pray, remove me, foolish man. Uh, and Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would just have free reign to speak freely and clearly and just keep everything in front of us um, that needs to be in front of us. Lord, there are decisions that must be made today. Uh, there, there are things that we need to maybe move away from or move towards. And so, Father, we must hear you today. So, Lord, you're the only one that can actually give us the ability to hear. And I pray that you would just press upon our heart these things that we will discuss today. Lord, thank you so much for the preaching of your word. Be with all the men who will be teaching the word and all of those, even in Kidtown, to make sure our little ones come up properly. Lord, thank you for what you have done in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so we kind of got to uh, jump into it right away. And uh, the first thing that we want to see is just this first, first verse here. And it says, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. Okay, eh, time out. <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> wrong. First verse. We already got trouble, but I want to point something out uh, to you. Write down in your notes, for those of you that are taking notes, Galatians 2, 12, and 13. The reason is, is because it makes reference here that before these, these guys showed up, this is the thing where there is a public, um, I don't want to say shaming, correct, <laughs> reproving of Peter. Uh, because it's not shaming. We're not trying to destroy his character. It's just trying to make sure that the body of Christ isn't all jacked up. And so you would see that in verse 11, but notice I didn't start it there because I want you to pay attention to what it's, the way it's worded in Galatians 2, 12 and 13. It says this, for before that certain came from James. Okay, now listen, go, going back to one, you see it on the board here, so just look up. It says, and certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, so now these individuals are individuals that would have been on some level representatives of that church in Jerusalem, but not necessarily sent out by James. So these would have been people from there though, right? And the thing is, is that it's saying, what does it say? 
For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them, which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews disassembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. So here it is that we have this time period and something takes place and these guys are worried about what other people think. And man, I, I'm, I'm here with my brothers and the Lord. And then all of a sudden I, I get wind of these Jews are showing up from Jerusalem, the church of Jerusalem. Oh, oh, I can't eat. Oh, that's unclean. You filthy dogs. And, you know, <laughs> okay. Problematic. Paul takes great issue with this. All right. And so now let's dive in. You know how we do. We just want to break it down. So now let's talk about that certain and just in terms of what it is that is said about these individuals. So in that Acts 15, 24 says, for as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your soul, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. That's out of James mouth. Okay, big deal. This is a, a huge deal because now here's the thing. And I, man, you know, I'm concerned a little bit that just in the light, the, the state that we live in right now, not in like Missouri or Kansas, but just the mental state we're in, there's not enough of a protection of the gospel or that we say it enough for us to truly know it. So now we're hearing stuff that's, kind of true and then we well we might attach ourselves to something that's going to get us messed up when we were in tampa last year i think it was last year we were on the river two two years ago we went on this river walk and we ran into these guys that were um you know all dressed up not like mormon i'm dressed like a mormon but like the you know dressed up in kind of suits <laughs> And these guys are like the, I don't know if you've heard of mother of God, some doctrine that's tied to that nonsense and that God, the father is a woman. And where do you see that in scripture? And he's got his stuff in the Bible highlighted. And so as it was me and well, it was everybody on our team and myself and uh, Arnold Thomas and, and Mark Schaefer. And so of course we just start, we let them talk. And then Mark asked him, he said, so what do you want people to do with this? And the guy really didn't have an answer. And basically at the end of it, Mark said, my prayer is that the Lord will stop your mouth because what you are saying will get people in hell. This is why we can't take this lightly. This is why the foolishness that you're hearing now and, 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 is growing kind of in the urban community, the black community. And I really, guys, I'm gonna just open a little window in, in it to it uh, for you for that. Sometimes people in this country struggle with identity because they don't feel tied to Africa or the US. And it makes for a great breeding ground for now, I can have some kind of power. And so if I've now associated myself in a way that says that I am the true tribe of Israel because of the slavery that we had here in the States, that the numbers match up. And so it must be that we're talking about Exodus. We're actually talking about America. It sounds dumb, but people are believing it. Like in a big way. We have brothers and sisters that have left the great teaching of this church for that nonsense 
This is not a game. This is not something that's just for old time. We don't need to add hooks to the gospel. It already is the hook. It is the truth. Galatians 2, 4, 12, and 13, we got to understand something. It says this, and, and that because of those false brethren unawares brought in who came in privily to spy out our liberty. It's like, man, you, you enjoy yourself too much. So we want to tie you up. Man, listen, I like ribs too much to be worried about eating unclean. Praise the Lord for barbecue in Kansas City. I will eat dirty for the rest of my life. I will not give up the ribs or the bacon or the ham. <laughs> it's not uh, assalamu alaikum. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> Salami, pork, and bacon. <laughs> I know, it's silly. <laughs> but I'm serious, man. Like what, so what? Okay, you do that. Because you know what the Bible says. If you take some of the law, you got to keep all of it. Right? Everybody forgets that part, though. I'm going to start killing goats, slaughtering that, having a mess down on Grand. No. <laughs> I don't think so. Not tying myself to that foolishness. See, it says in the rest of this, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. And so I may not have gotten that in your notes, but I want you to write something down. Let's see. No, okay. Write something down here. Why is this liberty so precious? The thing you have to understand is because Christ died to give it to us. That's why. You didn't have it until the Lord died on the cross. And really, then it is sealed by the fact that he is now alive, seated next to the Father. Big deal. It should be appreciated, understood, and protected. That's how you should see this liberty that you now have. This is why we've been talking endlessly about the struggles that you're going through and like the way that it tears your face up, tears your heart up, your, your, your faith is kind of waning a little bit. And listen, this isn't to beat you up, but it's just to encourage you this morning that you have something that the Lord died to give you and you just giving it away. Freedom, man. True freedom. Not freedom that's tied to the red, white, and blue. There are a lot of people that have died for the flag and will bust hell wide open. That's not free. We are free. By understood, get this down. First Peter 2, I'm sorry, appreciate it. It's Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty therewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So you don't have the ability to Give yourself freedom, but you do have the ability to tie yourself up. And this is the offense for Paul in this matter. Man, what he wants so much is for these Gentiles to enjoy this freedom that they've never understood. This relationship that they now have with God, they are reconciled through Jesus Christ. 
And he wants them to have the full scope of that. Because if they get on fire, he knows it's going to take off like wildfire. It already is. So I don't need somebody to come and tie it up. This is why, guys, we have to be careful. It may be necessary for us to have these conversations. When I see sometimes, the, especially those that I have a good relationship with, and Serene will she'll tell, because I don't really look at Facebook that much, but like during the time, especially, again, 2020, just the year from hell, <laughs> that we just, stupid stuff happening, people just losing their minds. That, that was part of that thing, and I just, we saw it bubbling up on Facebook. Those are conversations that uh, perhaps I need to have coffee. And yes, this may affect the, the black community and don't feel ashamed of the gospel just because your skin is different as if you don't have the authority by which to say that's foolishness. If the relationship is there, take it. If the relationship is there, you take it. We're going to have more and more people falling for these false doctrines that is going to tie up the gospel for those that are already free and then hinder those from even coming to it. That's a concern. Second Corinthians 317. Now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, freedom. It must be understood. We said that earlier in 1 Peter 2.16, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. See, it's got to be understood that, yes, you have been given this. It cost the Lord something. And, man, your understanding of it is, is that now you're using it for his glory. That's how freedom works. Freedom isn't I just sit on my hands and do nothing. That I just watch people and go, oh, Oh, that's sad. Man, they're dumb. They fell into that nonsense. Should have been rightly dividing the word of truth. What role do you have in helping them to navigate that space? See, the thing that I want us to understand is we have a responsibility with that freedom. The responsibility is, is that we are essentially, uh, uh, oh man, I just had the good word. <laughs> <laughs> it just slipped out of my mind just that quick. But we are we free, we are liberators. That's what it was. Liberators. Do you see yourself in that way? This is why self-focus cannot be your focus. Because then you won't see that you actually have the opportunity to free people with the gospel. Your counsel should always, in the back of your mind, be playing, this person needs the gospel. This person needs to maybe be plugged in. Man, if this person would just come to Bible study. But sometimes a little bit, you know, we like being the light for people. Man, get out of that business. Your light is not very bright. But the Lord's light is very bright. Give him truth. Don't use that liberty that you now have as a cloak for maliciousness. And then it's got to be protected. Galatians 4, 9. But now after that, you have known God or rather are known of God. How turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto you desire again to be in bondage. 
Guys, listen, everything before Christ was handcuffs. You know, the handcuffs of the American Christian is apathy. You just, eh, whatever. Good luck. Figure it out. I got it. Why don't you have it? Guys, we don't want to do that. I love Paul's heart, man. This guy is ferocious about, you know, he's a zealot anyway. And so his personality is all ready to kind of be on 10, but it's for good reason. It's for good reason. And so I just wanted to make sure that we understand that what you have is precious. What you have should be appreciated, should be understood, should be protected, and that you would freely give it properly, that you would keep your eyes open for anything that's just trying to tie itself to the gospel. That's just not the gospel. It's some other form of religious tradition that people are tying themselves to. I don't, people, it's like they digging in books, looking for some secret foolishness to go, oh, I, because, you know, they like that angle. These guys are wrestling with the fact that the Lord is saying, hey, I fulfilled the law. It's good. Be free. I don't know how to do that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handcuff people since I don't know how to do it. No, oh, man, come on. The other thing of that certain in the verses 11 and 12 of Galatians says, but when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be, he was to be blamed for before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles and they were come and he withdrew. And so that certain is all that same group. You notice that they don't even say their names. It's on purpose. The Bible will give you a name now. It has no trouble with letting you know forever that this person marked this person or celebrate this person. They're not even giving you their names. That's how offended the Holy Spirit is about this. You just certain individuals reckon the gospel. Surely to be stamped out by truth. We know Paul's name. We know what happened at the council in Jerusalem. See, you are known of God and your name is known with him. And so the thing that, that I'm just suggesting to you with this liberty that you have and that your protection of it, your understanding, your appreciation of it, do anybody else around you know that about you? Remember, we got to get out of the habit of just letting people know how busy we are and why we can't show up to this thing or that thing. That's not encouraging to them. <laughs> Why do you do what you do? They have no idea of that, but they just know you're busy. Boy, you're busy. I'm not even going to bother you. No, how about you bother me and join me? I would love it if you did that. Have we made the invites? I'm just saying it's a, it's a thing we got to be careful of. And the next thing I wanted to point out was the brethren. And, of course, we understand this. We know who these are. Those are those Gentile converts that we're seeing there, let me get back to, I left where I was. And so these are the ones that we are trying to protect and why this is a big deal. And so in Romans 4, 8, 8 through 12, it says this, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also. 
For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? And not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet been uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. Notice that it said it doesn't impute sin, but that it imputes righteousness. And that in both categories, both of those individuals can get that, whether they're circumcised or uncircumcised. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of circumcision only, but also, excuse me, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. And so for you Bible students, some of you know, but some of you don't go back. Genesis 17, take a look at it. The call is before the command to be circumcised. He responds in faith to the call. This is why he, Father Abraham, has many sons, of which we are, because our viewpoint is one of faith. See, this. now you see the trouble with these things, these replacement theologies, or these other things that just try to do something that says, I have an advantage over you for what I know, because now it makes you the feature, not Jesus. That's why it's problematic. It must be understood that nobody had the ability within themselves, even of uncircumcision or circumcision. Man did not come up with that concept even of itself. It was the Lord that gave it. And now you're going to be all of a sudden the uh, agent of it? Come on, man. Come on. I, see, I, listen. The Lord will erase the charge of sin for both the circumcised and uncircumcised. That is your viewpoint. That is what you want to communicate. You want to always take people back to the word so that they don't have any issues. It is a whosoever. Whosoever. Believe it on the name. That's the view that we got to have. That's the view that it is that Paul is protecting here and Barnabas as they prepare to go back. I mean, man, we're just even in those first verses and you'll see just how they laid this thing out. And the more that we kind of get close to this and look at Galatians, you'll see his passion for it because really you got to read the two in tandem just to see what it is that we're all looking at. And I'm telling you, it's an incredible thing. The thing that it has done for me is just set my heart ablaze. Potentially in our, in our Dallas Bible study, there might have been a shift or a change. I want you to be praying for. So with that, Marlene and Letty uh, Cortez. Okay, those are the names. Mr. Cortez, I don't know her husband's name. He was ear hustling on Zoom. Praise the Lord. And so now we got an opportunity to clarify something. This whole, this idea that I need uh, baptism for salvation. And it's coming up in terms of just understanding the dialogue between Nicodemus and Jesus. That's where we've been studying. And so we're going to look at it again and focus specifically on that just so that it is clear. Will you guys pray? Because I, I think Angela would say this. The concern is for both Marlene and um, Letty is that they, they don't know the Lord. They know the works 
That's the same as Nicodemus. He recognized who Jesus was as a, in the goodness that he was from God, but he didn't know he was the son of God. He didn't know that he was the one that could give him access that could make his eyes to see truly the kingdom of God. And so, man, listen, be praying for me because that's an opportunity. I'm all the way here that the Lord has given for Dallas. You see what I'm saying? This is why we can't hide this. This is why we got to know what it says. Man, if you're ever uncertain about it, go look at 1 Corinthians 15. Verses three and four, it is like the most concise version of the gospel. Look at it, study it, man. Listen, we got to know. We got mentioned that it's coming up that um, we're having our um, uh, hit the streets. That's next Saturday? The ninth. Two Saturday, the second, second Saturday. So it'd be the same time that we do our, our, Okay, the second. Okay, so it's the second of October. Listen, as a fellowship, we should really be thinking about, are we going to be a part of that? Now, listen, you may have something that you have going on, but I'm just telling you, I want to start. We got to start giving opportunity to really put this into motion. And we should do it together because there's just something about the synergy that we're going to have together. We're going to fumble and stumble and ah, I should have said this and I, whatever, all of that. And the Lord's going to be so glad just that we did it. And the more we do it, the more comfortable we will be, the more we'll be looking for these conversations. Because listen, how is it that you can sit in a church that gives you, at, at any of the fellowships at any given time, LFBI level knowledge, and you still walk away tied up on some Black Hebrew Israelite nonsense? How do you do that? Oh, you don't, you don't really know the gospel for yourself the way you should. Maybe you haven't said it. So now you just look for all the angles of how this place has let you down. I'm telling you, the devil is very good at his job, ladies and gentlemen. I know that somehow we think of him kind of like the little kind of chubby guy with the fork and, you know, pitchfork and he's running around and, you know, he's kind of like a cartoon. No, not at all. Very good. Walks to and fro throughout in order to disrupt and upset. If he accomplishes the goal of stopping your mouth, guys, that is dangerous for those that don't have what you have. That's why we got to start looking at it in a more, in a tighter way. Not just when I, it's convenient for me to do it, that I will go then share the gospel. We are living in time periods, much like what we're seeing right here. People are falling for nonsense. And partly it's because the church has no voice. Our voice is prosperity. Our voices get our churches so big. They look like it's arrow. You can't tell if it's arrowhead or church. That's what the voice of the church is going to be. Man, listen. You guys know that I hate that this is the age that we stand in, Laodicea. Just because that's the title of the age don't mean that has to be your title. You have an opportunity for something different. See Paul's heart here. See what is taking place and why it is so impactful for him to, because now listen, 
let's take this, this into consideration. Is this an easy trip for him to have to go? He just came back. Now I got to go and deal with this. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I mean to make it and put it in front of you so that we can actually, as a class, truly consider, is the gospel important to us? Are we ashamed of it or not? I'm not asking you to hold your hands up in service, but just in your own heart, man, you got to start asking yourself these questions. If it's been a while, and quite honestly, if the only time that, because you know, this, uh, okay, let me just tell you the hang up that we'll do. <laughs> so we'll start going, we'll start doing the, the, the Saturdays. And then that will be the next thing you'll say, I, enough. I do that. That's enough. I'm not doing any more. I go once a month. And then everybody around you still suffers. I don't care if you're a stay at home mom. You can invite some moms over, have coffee. Moms love that. Guys, you out cutting the grass? Everybody's out there raking leaves. You know that time is coming. At least just start the dialogue of, hey, how are you? What's your name? Instead of garage door opens, I go in. <laughs> we'll see you till the next day when I'm pulling out. Man, I get that. I totally get that. Prayerfully, COVID was a time for you to make those that switch and kind of get out in your neighborhood and your community. But guys, we got to do it. Because these threats that we're seeing here are, are here still. They're still here with us. And I'm concerned. See, the thing is this, listen. This whole issue is about freedom versus bondage and also spiritual versus flesh. And in Philippians 3.2, it says, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision for we for, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. That's the place that you want to speak from. No confidence in the flesh. Don't worry about how it is that your little script that you've come up with over the years is going to work or not. Man, just get in the habit of saying it. The Lord will change it. The Lord will grow it. Man, I'm thinking about even asking Brother Larry, who is, you know, of our church, him and Andrew are the greatest evangelists in our church, in my opinion. And so those guys, it's just off the tongue with those guys, easy. It might be good for us to have a little class time and say, hey, would you, would you come in and just give us some scenarios to run through? Help us to go work through this just so we can get more comfortable with it. I think we should be all in whatever it takes so that we can make sure that we're out there doing what we got to do. The ye here, when you see that, except ye be circumcised, in Galatians 6, uh, uh, 6.13, it says this. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. Isn't that interesting? But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything. I love it, man. Just go for it. Nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. But as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy upon 
the Israel of God. Man, listen, there's a peace that the Lord means for you to have as a result of you having this gospel. We shouldn't be upset and just distraught and just think that everything is over. Listen, you've been freed. Do you believe that this morning? Freed, like truly freed from the things that all those things that troubled you before, all those habits you had. Yeah, you still wrestle with those things, but they're not going, they're not the things that's condemning you. You have access now where you can just go straight to the Lord. Take advantage of the access that you now have. You didn't have that before. And don't deny those around you that very much need to be encouraged by that same freedom. Verse 2. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension, and disputation with them, those individuals that come from Judea. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem unto the apostles and elders about this question. So this is, these guys are, are fighting to say how wrong this is. There's this great kind of uproar over this. And what is determined, thankfully, instead of it coming to fisticuffs or stoning or any of that nonsense, it came to, hey, go back to Jerusalem. And let's get this settled. Because for some, Jerusalem is still key. For a Jew, they're looking at Antioch. That's not headquarters of nothing. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So if it comes straight out of Jerusalem, as far as they're concerned, they're going to go, okay, we're in. So this is why this is important. And which is why it's important for us just to understand the authority of things. God will, listen, God does not upset his authority. If he's going to overthrow it or take it out, that's, that's his call. But ultimately, he will always give that authority opportunity to do what's right. He provided that same opportunity for them. Now, this isn't, this isn't the nation of Israel and their leadership, but this is the church there. Because, again, that's going to matter. And so that's an important deal. That dissension that we see there is going to be is, is strife. Man, these are individuals that are bringing in a sect that is saved, that is saying now, you can't be saved unless you are circumcised. This further validates, and even for your point, as you guys are just considering getting trained up in the word of God, being able to rightly divide the word of truth. Guys, listen, a lot of people have not even opened their Bible. It's something somewhere, collecting dust somewhere in their house, and so... This is why the light that you have in you can prompt maybe a, a, a kind of thought about it like, well, maybe I should, well, maybe I will meet you for Bible study. This is why we ask about Bible study. It is my heart that every one of you would be in Bible study with somebody outside of this church. Absolutely. And then that you would then invite them to Bible study at church. But sometimes just you alone are the one that is going to be that kind of foot in the door for them to start walking this journey just because they know you. Church is intimidating. Man, but Bible study, if we're doing it right, it can be inviting. And so use it as such. Make sure Bible study leaders that you're spreading the questions around in such a way that it allows those that don't know anything to be able to say something without their head getting cut off in Bible study. Guys, we're not trying to lop people's heads off. 
I didn't say once I heard, well, I see baptism here. Well, that's dumb. That would have been the last time I talked to Marlene. Actually, the way we left it is, hey, can we revisit this? Because it was getting late and I, you know, screen shared um, blue letter. And I said, okay, let's look at baptism and all this. And I was just trying to drive the point home. This is a spiritual conversation that Jesus is having. He's having a fleshly understanding so that she will do the same thing, right? And come to that space. And she was like, I kind of see that. Because we went to Romans 6. And it was easy to just say, okay, we've been baptized into his day. I said, I'm not a zombie. I'm not dead. Is that fleshly or spiritual? She said, spiritual. Okay. So you know what we're going to do? I'm going to teach her how to use that blue letter for herself. For her to get in that word herself. And then we're going to share the gospel. And I want her to look at it for herself. So that she comes to that knowledge and understanding, and acceptance. That Bible study has not been more fun than that moment. I mean, it's the joy, man. You seeing like light bulbs click on? That's why I teach. I love the same thing in welding when my students get it and their eyes light up and they do well. I love celebrating it. I love watching. It's the same thing. Man, don't be so jaded with the challenges that life is throwing at you that you miss out on the joy of being able to share the gospel or disciple even. Same thing happens in discipleship. You go over a lesson over and over and then they finally get it. Maybe they finally stop doing whatever. Maybe they finally finish. <laughs> whatever it is. Man, that is great joy. It's worth fighting for. It's worth attending towards and so we have to understand something else too we've kind of talked about it in detail but i think i wanted to even just mention again just so you understand paul's heart on the matter galatians 1 6 he says i marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of christ into another gospel which is not another but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of christ but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. As we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be a curse. For I do now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I have yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. I mean, the question on the floor is this. Are you a servant of Christ or not? Again, remember, you guys know I like to throw the whole T-shirt bumper sticker thing in because, you know, we kind of reduce our faith to that. Crucifixes and such. Man, that's cool. You got a crucifix. You got an earring with a cross on it. Hey, praise the Lord. That's cool. Whatever. But don't let that be the only thing that's your identification. What if you lose it? Then what? Oh, you got to open your mouth. Pervert the gospel. God forbid that we should ever be a part of that. This is why we agonize over the scriptures the way we do in this church with our leaders and those that are teaching the word, whether it's on Sunday or Bible study or wherever. It's because we don't want to pervert the gospel. And any man or woman that would do that in this place um, surely would be having a conversation with. And so... 
I hope you hear Paul's heart. I hope you see that zeal, that heart that this man has to make sure that this doesn't happen, that it ceases to happen. And especially coming out of the church in Jerusalem, because he knows how upsetting this will be to the Gentiles. Some will deny it, the faith. You know, I think a little bit, we kind of let ourselves off the hook if we're not good at sharing the gospel and then we don't do it. But what about this? Have you ever thought about the fact that you let somebody go to hell that was around you? You know how Sam always says, like, I want somebody to trip over me on their way. Trip over me means that I got in the way and I got a chance to say something, do something, encourage them, invite them, share the gospel. Is that the same kind of heart? Or you just want to get out of the way and I don't want to mess it up. Man, we get so worried about messing things up as if you would ever do it right anyways. <laughs> it's not about that. That's the glory for your flesh. Pervert the gospel. Hmm. It says they determined those that came, they argue with him. It shouldn't have been no argument. It should have stopped right there at Antioch. But again, like I said, praise the Lord, cooler has prevailed. And they said, hey, take this matter back to Jerusalem. So here, here's, here's a, a, a principle. It was good enough when they were there and they sent these guys out and they saw what was happening and the Holy Spirit moved and they're like, yep, okay, it's time for these guys to go. And I just, there's something that you got to learn from this. What was true in the light is still true in the darkness. Don't change up all of a sudden, whether it's gospel, whether it's your own faith. If the Lord tell you to do something and just because it gets hard or it gets weird or you get confused, stick to the thing that he told you. We've already kind of had this conversation. It shouldn't really have to go back to Jerusalem. Peter already said it. And yet he struggled to do it, right? The light is the clear leading of the Holy Spirit and the darkness being the confusion that sometimes comes with carrying out God's will. All of us have ended up in that very same spot. The Lord told you to do something. You were excited. You were happy. People at church were excited and they were happy. And then you go do it. And then you start getting punches in the face immediately. And you're like, wait a minute. Is this what God wants me to do? I'm not really sure. That's absolutely what he wants you to do. Because here's the thing. It's about desperation. Are you desperate for him to move? If the whole issue goes back to not by your flesh, that means that for sure the Lord will allow you to be in circumstances that only you can say your only statement will be, except God have moved in this situation, I would have been cooked. That testimony speaks volumes. This is why you can't pervert the gospel. Because if I can throw in there, well, I'm pretty good at eating just chicken and fish. Which, you know, I'm sorry for you. That's a good diet. It's better than my ribs and bacon. But you're missing out. <laughs> right? And so you want to make sure Everything that the Lord has for you, that you just take a hold of it and with a true understanding of what it is that you have been given and what it is that you're doing. 
Guys, listen, the plan is the same. Just because COVID or social injustice or threat of war or the change of presidents showed up doesn't mean that I'm off schedule for the mission. I still have to be about that. Now we know that we looked at our already in terms of the good enough, but then now the thing is, is like maybe, maybe it is that you got handcuffs on this morning. Somehow, some way, you have tied yourself up in some way. Maybe it's your own failing. You just feel like you are worthless and you can't do this. And so you limit what you do. I like it, you know, when people forget that uh, the church is basically a hospital. And so they got to get cleaned up before they come to church. Everybody here is sick, man. That's why we're here. <laughs> There's only one physician. You see what I'm saying? What was true in the light? What did the Lord tell you in 2019 that you were fervently like attending upon and in 2020 showed up and you just went, um, I guess I don't have to do that anymore. I guess I don't have to be about that. Exodus 18, 23, don't miss this. It says this, if thou shalt do this thing, and God command thee so, then thou shalt be able to endure. Oh, listen. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Don't miss that. The endurance comes from you actually doing and not stopping. You can't endure nothing doing nothing. Then thou shalt be able to endure. And all this people shall go to their place. How? In peace. See, the thing that I want, maybe, maybe it's just how I respond for some of my neighbors, some of my colleagues, some of the people that I just come in interaction with. It's an easy topic. I got in, you know, we got into a conversation and I, I floated out there a little, a little birdie and they were like, no, <laughs> we, don't, we don't want any of that. But again, it's so easy. So the gospel for the world is politics. You either super, you miss Trump, you're crying lamenting over his being gone out of office or you are like thrilled that Biden is in. So that's the gospel from the world that you'll hear. People will just strike that conversation up. But the minute you say Jesus, the conversation is over. <laughs> A lot of times like, oh, no, okay. Well, I got to go. My grandma's on fire. I don't have, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so it was very much like this. The Serena and I were eating barbecue. We were having a good time. Uh, with a couple, nice couple that we met and talked to. And I think she went to the bathroom. And so I had said, oh, yeah, so this, you know, what's going on in church, da, 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 da. And, and man, it was like crickets, cricket, <laughs> dead, blank stares. Okay, how can we get out of this conversation? And it ended not too so shortly after that. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to just keep trying. I'm going to just keep trying. This is the Midwest, I'm gonna take advantage of it. People like conversations in the Midwest. I mean, at the grocery store or wherever. If you stand in line long enough, you can talk to anybody. You just turn around and strike up and nobody says anything. And you're just like, yeah, oh yeah, so da 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 da. That's what I'm saying. Like we have an advantage. We have an advantage. And I just wanna take that advantage. 
there's a peace that I think that the Lord is saying, hey, get to. There's an endurance that the Lord is saying, hey, get to. But he's like, you got to get to it <laughs> to get the endurance. And should, when we're looking at that there, it says, you know, and back in verse two, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain of them should go back. Okay, this is why. This, just understand this dude's heart. This one, I forgot to add. I'm sorry. First Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. It says this. Very good. For though I be free from all men, yet I have made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Why? And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be a partaker thereof with you. That is the whole point. Why he's going back, the inconvenience of having to have and get into probably a heated discussion about this, and then go back to the council and have to deal with that, and to make these writings that we can learn from for all of these centuries later, is for the gospel's sake. Make no mistake about it. Paul does not play games with the gospel. He knows what it is. He loves it, and he protects it. He protects it. So we got to move into this new kind of territory that actually is old, that we know it, we understand it, and that we protect it, just like the liberty that we have. Will you protect the gospel this morning? Man, it's super easy to come to a place that you know you're going to get truth. But listen, I'm telling you, it is absolutely the pastor's heart in this place that you would be able to rightly divide the word of truth for yourself and that you would go and get fruit for yourself. We understand that this place can sometimes kind of be like a, it's like a, a factory, right? And we build and we send out and we try to build up and we send out, right? But like you get a chance to be a part of that in a very unique way. Because where you live, I don't live. Where you work, I don't work. How you move through life and the people that see you and just want to talk to you because you got that great smile on your face. Especially, man, the senior citizens, and just smile back at them. And you go to First Watch Perkins, yeah, you, you know, pancakes ain't that great, but just use it as advantage. See them, talk to them, say hi. We all got these opportunities and we just miss them. We don't want to take them. Let's just be honest. Because I want to move through life however I want to move. And I want to do what I want to do. That's not what we signed up for, guys. I'm just here to tell you that. If you're going to call yourself a servant of Christ, it comes with this condition. Know your gospel. Appreciate it. Protect it. We can obviously start doing that immediately, right away. There might be, okay, this is what I'm asking you to do. Keep your eyes open. Is there somebody new that's going to be in service you haven't met? Don't be ashamed if 
you haven't met them and they've been coming for six months, that's really easy to do in this place because they might be trying out different, but they just maybe, maybe their faithfulness and first steps towards COD and discipleship is just you asking them what their name is. So can we do that? Can we just start with having a ministry mindset that says, I'm not just taking a breath to go get some coffee and donuts, but that my eyes are open. I don't know this cat. Who is this? And minister, ask them who they are, what their name is, how long they've been coming. Laugh off the awkwardness when they tell you it's been a year. You've been sitting in the same aisle with them. <laughs> right? And then just see, let's just see where it goes. Let's just start there. Okay? Purpose in your heart, on your calendar. The second, the second, faith fellowship, okay? We'll just call it an outing. We'll go out there together on the second. Man, let's stumble around. Let's fumble around. Let's get this gospel out there. Let's invite for the guys that is in uh, our Bible study knows that, man, ours is here. And so if we meet anybody out there, that's pretty easy to make that connection. But just because you meet somebody out there don't mean that they live there. So like ask. See, this is why you need to know where the other Bible studies are. We gave you the list, Serene. Will you make sure to make a slide that next week we have that? You need to know the location. It's important. I want you to have fruit. I don't want to just hog it all for myself. I want you to have fruit because, man, I'm telling you, I love it. I love the possibility, the opportunities. I love that I don't have anything figured out. And the Lord says, I'll still use you because you're willing. It's the best thing. And so, man, tune in for the coming weeks. We got to break down the rest of what we're looking at. We'll find some other things that we got to, we got to revisit Peter and what it is that he had to say about it. We got to visit the fact in verse three, they go and they go back to these places that had already been touched. We'll talk about who did that and just remind you, this brother was out there, Philip the evangelist. Man, Paul doesn't mess around and he makes sure that he loves on the church. So be prepared to do that. Shake hands, fist bump, hugs, whatever you got to do, but keep your eyes open. I'd love to hear a report next week when we get together. Who'd you meet? Okay, introduce them to me. If I didn't get a chance, because you know what happens to me, so it's like, boom, and then I can't get out of these conversations. <laughs> For hours and I'm hungry and then the chiefs are on and people are like I don't care <laughs> okay so man you got you got your orders okay next sign of business get your coffee get your donuts keep your eyes open meet somebody new introduce them to me that's your objective for the day okay I love you let's pray Heavenly Father Lord again just thank you for these examples of these men who steward your gospel well Lord, we recognize perhaps within ourselves that we don't do it to this level. And so, Father, we are, we are still just trying to break down the statue in our minds of Paul and just to see him as a, as a brother in Christ that was about it. Lord, we have the opportunity to be that and to do that. And so, Father, would you just be with us? I pray that you brought new people in here so that we can look at and meet people that need to hear the gospel. They need to be invited to Bible study. They need to be invited to faith fellowship. And so, Father, help us to do that. 
Lord, this is a team. You built a team right here. Lord, I love this family. And Lord, I pray that we would just do these things together. Lord, grow us all up into the men and women of God that you want us to be. Lord, thank you for the opportunity. Lord, protect our unity in this class. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.